The final series of the regular season begins tonight, and Julio is back. We'll give you our thoughts on his return, the official promotion of Justin Hollander as general manager, and whether or not handing the ball to Robbie Ray this upcoming weekend is a good choice. Talk about that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnett for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. And on the show today, Julio Rodriguez returns tonight. But how much should the Mariners play him over the next three days? We'll also address the concerns over Robbie Ray making a start in the wild card series, wherever that ends up being. And we'll also discuss the promotion of Justin Hollander to Mar- Mariners uh, general manager. Uh, but first, let's start with Julio Colby. Julio's back, uh, or at least is expected back. I don't know if they've made it official or not yet. Uh, I don't think they have just yet. Yeah. So uh, that will probably be official by the time you're watching this, however, dear listener. Uh, So Mariners have four games in the next three days against the Tigers. Obviously, this series matters still for seeding purposes, but it might not matter in even a matter of a day. Uh, so how much would you like to see Julio play or how little would you like to see Julio play in this series with the postseason coming up? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question, um, especially since, you know, there's a double header in this series. Um, obviously, you know, assuming he's activated today, he's only going to play in three of these games max. Uh, you're not going to ask him to play two games in one day, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I think three's the max, you know, two maybe, but I do think you want to get him some at-bats so that, uh, you know, start to get the timing back a little bit. So I think it's possible we see him DH uh, once and maybe play center field a couple times. Um, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. So I, I think the way you handle it is, you know, it's it's three games um, in three days, and, and you do get the off day on Thursday. So it's, it's not something you have to worry about. Uh, too much with him and and you know any any sign or any uh grimace or whatever you just you just kind of take him out and you just kind of work around it and um you know if if you know you're up by four or five runs in the in the seventh maybe you take him out even though you'd like his defense out there you just you have to protect julio because you know having julio in toronto is more valuable than playing playoff games in seattle without julio mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, tough uh, situations because it's a back, it's a muscle thing. It's it's not, you know, a, a broken bone that has to heal or anything like that. It's, it's you know, the back, the hamstrings, uh, the quads, like these are all things that, you know, are, they, they have kind of this floating timeline and you never know when they're going to crop back up again. And so uh, there's a pretty good chance Julio's back and won't be 100% until, you know, sometime this winter. Uh, so you have to monitor that, and the important thing is is that you know he's healthy as as healthy as he can be uh, for the playoffs. So that means you can only play him twice in the next four games. Then fine. That means you have to DH him twice, and and you know only play him you know six seven in, innings in center field to make sure he's 100 percent or close to it uh, for Friday. Then that's what you do. So um, I do, I do expect that he'll play center field a couple times, and I think he'll DH one day. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how they'll 
they'll work it out depending on what's at stake going into the final day of the uh, of the regular season. My guess is Julio will will sit, Hanniger will sit, uh, you know, Gino. Like they'll they'll get a lot of the backups in there and try and give those guys back to back days off. So that that would be my guess. Uh, but obviously that game matters for seeding. Uh, they're going to go for it, and, and Scott's already said as much. You know, they have Logan Gilbert ready to go on the last day of the year. But if that game ends up not meaning anything, then it sounds like they're going to just uh, you know call McCacken or, or Sheffield or or somebody like that. We know Chris Flexen is going to get a start here. I believe tomorrow yeah one of the doubleheader games so flexin won't be available to start uh you know two games in, in three days so they'll have to make a, a move and and i would assume uh it will be it'll be sheffield yeah um you know as we've been saying on the show for the last you know few episodes or so that you know you need julio to be able to play center field now that's not as big of a deal as i thought it was going to be because eugenio Suarez is playing third uh, right now and it seems like everything is fine on that front for him so uh, the DH isn't as necessary now there isn't as much of a log jam there though you know you would prefer having the defense of Julio so you know I just take things slow here you know just ease him back in maybe if he wants to just you know maybe just DH him tonight just get him a few swings get him a few at bats and then maybe get him in the field for one of the games tomorrow rest them for the other and maybe get back after it on Wednesday or so we'll see um but yeah so that that's probably how I'd go about it just because you need to protect him you absolutely need Julio for the for the playoffs that's like if you don't have Julio you don't have much of a chance right I don't mean to discredit the rest of this team which has been able to you know in the drought and accomplish all these things without him but we've also seen how bad it can get without Julio as well on that road trip and you do not want to go into a hostile environment uh, in Toronto or Cleveland or wherever it's going to be, or even at home, and not have Julio Rodriguez by your side, not having the superstar of your of your franchise by your side. So you need him. You need him as healthy as possible. So just do whatever you can to get him to Friday healthy. Well, as healthy as he possibly can be at this point. So, yeah. Um, you know, and again, you know, I... I, I <laughs> With the way that this team has kind of handled injuries over the last month or so, uh, and how kind of, let's just be honest about it, shady that's been, uh, I do have a little bit of a concern about him rushing back here um, and re-injuring himself. So I'm just kind of crossing my fingers for the next few days, just hoping that nothing else flares up while he's out on the field or even during warm-ups or anything like that, and they're able to get him to Friday. But again, just wrap him up in bubble wrap and get him to Friday. We just, we need him for Friday. We need him for Saturday and hopefully you don't need to play on Sunday. Hopefully you don't need to play on Sunday. Uh, do you, be great. do you know when the DS starts? Is it Tuesday? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. Tuesday and assuming the manager of the five Tuesday in Houston. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the wildcard series, the, uh, pitching matchups, um, particularly Robbie Ray, who did not have a good start whatsoever yesterday. And that's obviously caused some concern because his next start right now is scheduled to be game two of the wild card series. And there's some people that are saying he should not make that start. We'll be addressing those concerns in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. You ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. 
chills. Let me introduce you to your new fav- uh, favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Scolby, there are a lot of Mariners fans out there that don't want Robbie Ray to start in the wildcard series. Do you understand that? No. Okay. And why is that? Why should Robbie Ray start in game two? Well, I didn't say game two, but yeah, he should start in game because he's been one of your three best pitchers. You know, for most of the season, if not all of the season. Uh, so I think we all know Castillo is going to start game one. Uh, that's a given. Uh, I I think, you know, at this point, I still think a lot of people are trying to, to push Gilbert into a rotation spot here, um, which is weird because Gilbert's had the same inconsistencies as Ray. Um, it's funny, you know, if Ray goes out yesterday and goes six innings, gives up one earned, nobody's talking about this. It's It's no brainer. So. Uh, I'm not going to let one start in a throwaway game against the Oakland A's change my mind about anything. Um, you know, and it comes down to really honest, like it comes down to matchup too. I, I'm assuming that the Mariners are going to play in Toronto. That's my assumption. If I'm wrong, fine. Maybe we can discuss it again. But my assumption is that they're going to play in Toronto. And when you look at it, for me, Castillo, obviously you're starting. And to me, you have to start Kirby. And if it comes down to Ray and Gilbert, the Toronto Blue Jays are a horrible matchup for Logan Gilbert. He has not fared well against them. They are a fastball-crushing team. Logan Gilbert has to have fastball um, command, and and if he doesn't, he's either going to walk a lot of guys or he's going to leave a lot of pitches down the middle, and it doesn't matter how good your fastball is, the Blue Jays will crush it. Mm. You need something different, and I don't trust Logan Gilbert's breaking stuff um, or off-speed stuff, for that matter, to be in the strike zone enough. Uh, yes, he had a huge outing uh, on Friday night. But again, it's against the Oakland A's. Sean Murphy wasn't even the lineup. It it wasn't a good lineup. Uh, and he did what he was supposed to do and what he needed to do against a, a bad lineup. And so I'm not trying to take anything away from him. It was a great outing. But I'm not going to all of a sudden throw Robbie Ray out and, and, sh- and you know ship Logan Gilbert in because of one outing each from both of them. You know, it's a good problem to have to have Logan Gilbert, you know, l- lurking in your bullpen um, for this series. And you know what, if it does take three, well, guess what? I can still start Logan Gilbert in game one of the DS and and then I can have Castillo back, you know, and, and I feel like I don't miss a beat because I have Gilbert waiting. And wouldn't you rather, just based on what we've seen so far, wouldn't you rather have Ray against the Blue Jays and Gilbert against the Astros, not the other way around? Mm-hmm. Because Ray has been terrible against the Astros. Uh, Gilbert's been terrible against the Blue Jays, so... Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't think so, I, I like I would not let Robbie Ray pitch against the Astros in Houston. Like if you know, if you do get to the DS and again, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. But if you do get to the DS, just real quick to touch upon this, I would try to avoid having Robbie Ray pitch in, at Minute Maid Park at all costs if I can. Right. But, you know, the thing about Gilbert or Ray, too, is that he misses bats and, yeah. and missing bats in the playoffs is huge because every single run counts. So when you talk about, well. You know, runner on third, one out. Who do you want on the mound? Do you want Gilbert or do you want 
Robbie Ray. Well, you want Robbie Ray on the mound because Robbie Ray is going to miss more bats. He's more likely to get a strikeout and he's less likely to give up something hard hit. You know, despite how good Gilbert's been, you know, for pretty much most of the year, he gives up a lot of hard contact. That's part of his game and, and hard contact in, in the playoffs is is bad. Like It's bad in reg, the regular season too, but obviously everything is amplified in the playoffs. So if I had more faith in, in, in Gilbert, you know, throwing that slider in there or, you know, being able to locate, locate the changeup, uh, I might think differently. And against Cleveland, I actually think that matchup would be better for Gilbert because they do have lefties in that lineup mm-hmm. and Gilbert can use the changeup. And, you know, that is a team that makes a lot of, of soft contact anyway. So uh, you're not looking for strikeouts against that team because they're hard to get. But against Toronto, you need something that breaks out of the strike zone and Gilbert just doesn't have it right now. Um so I, I think if they were playing Cleveland, we might have a discussion here, and maybe if they do end up going to Cleveland, we can talk about that. But to me, against Toronto, it's a no-brainer. You're going Castillo, you're going Ray, you're going Kirby, and the only order I care about is, is Castillo goes game one against Gossman. Now, that's it. game three, though, isn't it Gilbert that's currently lined up for that? Assuming that he doesn't pitch on uh, Wednesday? No. I believe it'd be Kirby still. Okay. So uh, we'll see. Like I said, it's... Everything's kind of up in the air because they're going to use two non-rotation guys in the in the in the uh, in the final series here. So it's a little bit, you know, up in the air. We'll see what they decide to do. Uh, if they do go Gilbert over Kirby, I kind of get it. But again, I'd rather have Kirby because I, Kirby has more I weapons. I don't get it. <laughs> like I don't get it at all. Yeah, I mean, like Kirby. Kirby like doesn't I've, give up home runs. He locates. He has you know an actual secondary and, and tertiary that he can work with and actually mm-hmm. use. Right. Like, and there's very little chance that he implodes. Yeah. Right. We've seen Gilbert go entire innings where he can't throw a strike where he wants it, like anywhere near. It's it's down the middle or it's it's a foot outside. Yeah. That doesn't happen with George Kirby. The ce- the ceiling is pretty much the same between the two and the floor with Kirby significantly higher. So Mm -hmm. to me, Gilbert is, you know, a great option to start game one. If you can get there of the DS, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're starting him against Toronto, you're probably playing from a deficit. So I just prefer Robbie Ray. I think he gives me a better chance to win that game than, than Logan Gilbert does uh, mostly based on matchup. So, yeah, the the thing for me is like I understand the uneasiness in the in the f- fan base, you know, with with Ray starting a a playoff game especially against a lineup like Toronto's, you know, and all the home runs that he's given up and everything like that, but also you know, if it's down to Ray or Gilbert, I'm still picking Robbie Ray. <laughs> you know, because for all the reasons that you just mentioned, right? The the matchup is just it's it's not great for Robbie Ray. Don't get me wrong. Plus, the Blue Jays kill left-handed pitching, but it's a it's you, you got to go with the higher upside here with this. It's kind of you know it's just one of those situations, and just Ray has more upside. Ray has a better chance of, of getting through that lineup. While it's not, I don't feel that it's a great chance. I can very easily picture Robbie Ray getting just absolutely destroyed by the by the Blue Jays on on Saturday, but. I think there's a better chance than than Gilbert to maybe get through that lineup with only a couple runs and like ten strikeouts, you know, like that. That's right. kind of the upside. Where with Gilbert, it's like he, as you said, if he doesn't have you know anything secondary to really offer Toronto, he's not going to miss bats. He's going to pitch the contact, 
And that team crushes fastballs, and that's really the only pitch that he's going to be able to consistently find the strike zone with. They're going to put that ball in play. And so, yeah, I think just the the higher upside play there is Ray. I don't feel great about it, but I think that's just that's just what you have to go with right there in that spot. Yep, I'd agree. I, I just Ray's also the veteran, right? He's your Cy Young Award winner. Um, you know, and he's he's pitched in the playoffs before, and I think that's something you know playoff experience. Uh, if you're looking at a tiebreaker, I think that's that's important. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's – I feel, again, like if, if Ray had gone out and, and pitched, you know, six innings of two-run ball against Oakland, nobody's even talking about this. Uh, this feels like people want to reward Logan Gilbert for his outing rather than just set up the, the rotation that gives you the best chance to win. And I feel like, you know, this – I don't even think this is a thought for Scott Service. I, I think he's locked in Castillo game one, Robbie Ray game two. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a lock. So, uh, you know – Playing all you want about it, that's that's how it's going to happen. Scott's already set it up yeah. that way. Um, I think Kirby pitches tonight, so um, it's just how it's going to work, guys. Uh, you know, it's yeah. would have been nicer if, if Ray had had a good outing. Yeah, yeah, it certainly would have. Um, but you know, why why you focus on the last outing and not you know the previous two where he was pretty good? Robbie Ray's fine. He's a good pitcher, and you know he's had a couple blow up starts this year. There's no guarantee that doesn't happen in the playoffs. It's totally possible. But Logan Gilbert could do that too. And Logan Gilbert has yep. done that against the Blue Jays repeatedly. So to me, it's 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 again, it's just such a no-brainer. It's it's Robbie Ray starting game two. I guess you can get cute and say game three, but he should start game two. And you go with your two best guys, your two veterans, your two hundred million dollar pitchers. Those yep. are the guys you get the ball to because that's what you paid him to do. And you let him do it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's just something you kind of have to live with, right? And then that's it, mm-hmm. you know. You got to go to battle with your guys at the end of the day, the guys that you chose to lead this thing, to spearhead this whole effort. And Robbie Ray is one of those guys, you know. So yeah. while it has been shaky at times for him this year, and there have been blow-up starts like you said, and we've seen, you know, times where things just kind of snowball for him. Mm-hmm. Even with that, though, He's one of your guys. You got to go to battle with him. And that's it, right? You know, and this isn't a Marco Gonzalez situation either where it's like, you know, I just got to go with him because of status. Like, that's not what I'm saying either here. Robbie Ray is an incredibly talented pitcher who can do this, who can work through that Toronto lineup or even Cleveland or whoever. It's just, you know, it's there obviously is some risk that goes along with that, but the reward far outweighs, I think, what the risk is for Gilbert. And yeah, the, just because Gilbert might straight up just, you know, and again, this isn't to discredit anything that Logan Gilbert has done, especially over the last month or anything like that, but it's just Gilbert, it's very, it's also very easy to see him putting you at a severe disadvantage pretty early on. If things aren't working for him out of the gate, you don't want to be in Toronto down for nothing after the first couple of innings. Like you just right. you're done. Like you're dead if that happens. In the playoffs is not the time to wait for a guy to figure it out. Like, oh, we'll give him yeah. a couple innings to settle it. Nope. Nope. You got to go from the get-go and you know, it's it's funny we talked about Ray. Since, you know, since June 12th, not counting the the blow-up start against Oakland. Okay. In his previous 19 starts, 
before uh, Sunday. Uh, Robbie Ray's pitched 112.2 innings with only 32 walks, 132 strikeouts, a 2.72 ERA, and a 3.49 FIP. Yeah, opponents hitting 216 with a 281 on base. Mm-hmm. He's been a number two for the better part of three or four months now. Stop letting one star change the whole narrative on what Robbie Ray has meant to the uh, to the Mariners this year. It's stupid. All right. So now that we've established that, now that we've gotten through that whole thing, um, because, I, you know, again, at the end of the day, right, it's going to happen. He's going to make that start. So it doesn't really matter what we say up here and, you know, whatever. Like he's going to make the start. And basically that's why he should make the start. You know, it's just it's basically it's Ray or Gilbert. And that, and for just the fact that Ray has more weapons at his disposal, there's more probability there. It's not a high mm-hmm. probability necessarily, but it's a higher probability than Gilbert offers you. So for sure. All right. So anyway, so the Mariners yesterday made an announcement that uh, you and I kind of already thought had happened. I mean, we were more or less referring to Justin Hollander as the Mariners general manager since Jerry was promoted to president of baseball operations. They no longer referred to him as the general manager for the longest time. And, you know, this is kind of a, Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer situation, right? And so um, Jerry is still the guy. He's still, you know, Justin Hollander answers to Jerry DePoto. So he makes the final say still, Jerry does. Uh, But Justin Hollander is now officially the general manager of the Seattle Mariners. And uh, it's a well-earned promotion uh, because Justin Hollander has been a really big piece to all of this, uh, to mm-hmm. the rebuild and, and everything. And, you know, of course, he's, you know, many folks don't really know this, but he's mostly the guy that actually does the groundwork and does a lot of the, you know, the the client or not necessarily client facing, but, you know, talking with teams, uh, negotiating, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, he does all of that stuff for um, Jerry and, and crew. So. He's been a, an instrumental part of the rebuild, and this is an absolute, you know, he absolutely deserves uh, this promotion. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, he was getting general manager interest last winter. Uh, he got interest from the uh, from the Angels before Perry Manassas. Of course, they screwed that up. Of course. Uh, so, and this is also a way to kind of, you know, you, you give him a promotion, give him, I'm sure there's a, a raise that comes along with that and all that stuff. So you get to get him locked down as well. Uh, and he uh, gets to, you know, I don't know if he'll necessarily serve a bigger role. I'm sure he's just going to be doing what he's been doing this whole time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, for status and all that stuff, it's uh, well-earned for for Justin Hollander. Right. And, you know, it's it's something that the Mariners probably felt they had to do because the Mariners are going to get poached here. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. look at the success they've had in this rebuild, the front office is going to get poached. You look at, uh, you know, the the success they've had in building culture, it's a pretty good chance the coaching staff is going to get poached at some point too, and and the fact that Manny Acta really hasn't gotten any uh, interest in managing is is bizarre to me. He's he's a good baseball guy, you know. His last time he had management, last time he, you know managed, I think it was Cleveland and Washington, and those two teams were rebuilding dumpster fires, and he never really got a fair shake there. You know, he's bilingual, he's smart, he knows how to reach out to the, to the uh, both veterans and the young guys. Uh, Manny Acta deserves some looks uh, at you know another manager's job. Uh, Pete Woodworth's probably going to get some looks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him interview for a manager job somewhere. Um, like it, the Mariners are going to start getting poached. So you kind of have to start protecting 
the guys that that you think are vital to your success and and you know it's it's we talk about Jerry and Scott all the time but you know Manny Acta's been here just as long as those three or just as long as those two he he was the bench coach he was interviewed for the Mariners managerial job when they gave it to Scott Service so I think people sometimes forget Manny Acta's been here along for the entire ride as well. Um, and you know, I, I think Justin Hollander has been here pretty much since the rebuild started. And like Ty said, Hollander is the guy who calls agents, he negotiates the contracts, he puts together trades. Like Hollander's basically run the team as directed by Jerry Depoto, right? Jerry says, this is what we want. And again, everything in the Mariners front office and coaching staff, it's all a collaborative effort, Right. Uh, you know, there's the story about, you know, J.P. Crawford and, and you know, how the Mariners came to get J.P. Crawford. And it was we gave everybody in our front office a, a blank, you know, field and said, put whoever you want in whatever position when you envision, you know, this team winning the World Series or whatever. And, and you know, that's how they came across J.P. Crawford. And, you know, the way they found Jake Fraley was, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, just statistician just like bottom rung guys were sitting in the back of the room during a a meeting when they were discussing the Zanino trade. And one of them raised their hand and was like, um, maybe you guys should be looking at Jake Fraley and they traded for Jake Fraley. It's a very collaborative effort. So, um, you know, as of like who, who deserves credit, nobody cares. Nobody in that front office cares. Uh, Jerry Depoto and, and, uh, Hollander, you know, this is something that, good teams do. The Cubs did it when they broke their drought with Hoyer and Epstein. The Dodgers are currently doing it with Friedman and whatever the name of their GM is. Uh, you know, this is what teams do. They have kind of the the baseball guy as the baseball president, mm-hmm. and then they have their protege as the, as the GM who kind of runs the day-to-day while the baseball president works on kind of the big picture. Um, you know, and it's, it's another Billy, people still think Billy Bean is the GM of the, of the Oakland days. He hasn't been for like 10 years now. Yeah. He's the president or vice president, whatever his title is. And David force is the, is the GM and they've worked together really well for, for, I think, I think almost a decade now. It's been a while since Billy Bean's not mm-hmm. been the actual GM of that team. So, uh, and as far as like how this changes the structure, it doesn't business as usual, uh, Hollander gets the bump. He probably gets a, a pay bump, and and now you keep him uh, because why would Hollander leave for a GM job? He has one, yeah, and he has one for a team that's on the rise and a team that he helped build. He's not going anywhere now, so you lock that in, and so the structure is going to be the same. It's 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 promoting from within. It's rewarding, you know. And and we talked about how important it is for the Mariners to reward their own. They did it with Julio. They did it with JP. You know, they did it with Evan White. They're going to look to do it with some other guys. Like they did it on the team, like the actual players on the team. They're doing it with their front office and they're doing it with their coaching staff as well. So um, nothing about this is is worrisome. Nothing about this is, you know, oh, is is you know Jerry out or anything like? I saw somebody like, why isn't anybody talking about, you know, how Depoto was getting all the credit when it was really hot? And it's like because nobody cares. You know, when we talk about the draft, we know that's Scott Hunter, but what do we say, Jerry Depoto? Why? Because they all work together. Yeah. Jerry Depoto runs the entire show. They all so they all report. Jerry, to Jerry. has the final say. Yeah, he has yeah. the final say. It's ultimately mm-hmm. up to him. At the end of the day, he's the one that pushes the button. Well, Stanton has the final Stan, say. Stan, Stan, yes. Stanton, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes yeah, John it, Stanton, and then right below him is Jerry Depoto. Yeah, and then like that's, that's below that is is Hollander and the rest, and and et cetera. For the so, yes, for baseball. Yeah, for baseball, uh, and then yes. obviously Katie different Griggs branch over the, here. The, Katie Griggs, Kevin Martinez, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, nothing really changes. Um, you might see like Justin Hollander making more radio appearances and stuff like that during the off season. He might be doing more of the radio hits that Jerry would typically do, but that's Mm -hmm. about it. Um, like you'll see him at the winter meetings, maybe getting interviews actually and stuff like that. But that's really all that will change. Um, aside from you know the title and everything so uh nothing to really be concerned about or uh it's really not even that noteworthy because again colby and i were working on a year under the impression that hollander was already the general manager for the last year or so and i'm sure that's actually how it was operating right so uh they just didn't actually make it official until now which is kind of weird i don't know why it took a whole year to to do that but whatever it's happened now and uh justin hollander is now the general manager of the mariners and uh that's pretty cool good for him good for his family congratulations to them and uh yeah so uh that's gonna be about it uh for the show today uh we're gonna be you know talking more about the playoffs and everything as the picture comes more into focus and you know, depending on what happens tonight, we might have a clearer idea of where the Mariners are going to end up playing this weekend. Um, def, I would think definitely by the end of tomorrow's game, so we'll we'll know for sure. Especially because the Mariners have two games tomorrow, so that's gonna that's gonna have a pretty large impact on on what's going. I would think so. Uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll know what's up, and um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about all the potential matchups and all the storylines that are going to be going on with this. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Colby and I haven't haven't done this before, but we're gonna we're gonna try our best, and uh, it's gonna be uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Uh, for Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at C pat 11 that's cpat11 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen now make your second listen the locked on mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace